I'm tripping. I'm sorry. This is it's taking a lot for me. It's, it's taking a while for me to take this all in. This is phenomenal. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of Becoming the One Percent Podcast. My awesome guest today is Stephen Davis, 1776, baby. You guys are gonna love this one. We talk about some really controversial and deep topics. We talk about racism. We talk about CRT. We talk about college campus education and so much more. You guys are gonna really enjoy this one. Make sure you watch the whole thing. Enjoy. <laughs> I've watched your stuff for really, I think since term term one of Trump. That's the first time I ever saw your stuff back when you were. Now I noticed you actually changed your name from Magahol yeah. to just your name. Yeah. I don't think that was an accident. Well, here's the thing. I, I did it specifically because I felt like I was getting shadow banned. I thought that was going to be the best way, way to remedy that. Uh-huh. And uh, yeah, it didn't work. It didn't work. No. You were already, well, from what I understand, as soon as you get up on their radar, it, not, yeah. it doesn't matter. You could even make a new page. If, if you make a new page, but it's verified as you, because you've gone through the verification process, they know oh, you are you. Dude. It's not. And and look, it's terrible. I, I think censorship is one of the worst things that exists. But Thank you. they will chase you down as soon as you're on their radar. Uh, if they're shadow banning you, they're not going to stop. I, and... and it, it always gets worse right before the elections. Always. That's when my stuff just, my, my engagement tanks. I mean, it's already tanked as of right now, but. Yeah. Woo! Yeah, that's it. It's funny because I remember your engagement was higher. Much a higher. A lot higher. A lot higher. Mm -hmm. Thousands and thousands you of views. And then it, it they, they did it, they did it <laughs> to you. They turned down that dial they on got me. You. They got, they got, like, they oh, got man, me. We can't have they this. got a brother. No, and that's the thing. You can't have a black man speaking this type of stuff. You know uh -huh. what I'm saying? Especially when it's going against the leftist narrative within the black community. Yes. So, no, 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 no. No, it's uh, <laughs> it's very, it's very disturbing, yes. frankly, yeah. that this happens to anybody. Yeah. But on these topics, because it seems like these are the types of things that people need to be discussing, especially in long format stuff like this. Sure, sure. And it's it's a big reason why I love podcasting. Come on now. It's it's good because you can get a much bigger scope of who a person is Thank and what you. they think if they can actually un unravel yeah. their questions in a better manner that's it and then that's that's the you know because i mean come on i mean doing reels you got a, a minute and a half yeah that's if you don't add a video in right you have a minute and a half to really articulate what it is that you want to espouse you want to get the people to understand mm -hmm. it's kind of difficult to get the full scope of what's going on and catch it and encompass it in a minute and a half Sure. So podcast is the best form of being able just to be able to expound uh -huh. on what it is that I believe and be able to get people to understand the full scope of what it is that I believe and why. Yeah. When did you start? I mean, when did you become Mr. 1776? When, when did you get into the limelight and why? Why did you feel the need to do this? You know what? I didn't even seek it. No. I didn't even. It, it was weird. Like the whole, you know, inception of you know, MAGA hole. You know uh -huh. what I'm saying? That was all by happenstance, mm -hmm. literally. I mean, I remember it was, it was 2017, 2018, and I said, you know what? I want to enter this realm of politics. I want to see what it's all about. And at that time, I was still left-leaning, right? Mm -hmm. And it was like, okay, let me get into the realm of politics. I want to learn all I can and, and debate these Trump supporters and beat them down with facts because I'm so sick of them, all this hoorah for this guy named Trump. Mm -hmm. Okay, let's see what's really going on then. So I started get, doing my research, and I started seeing... That the things that I believed were wrong. 
I started seeing that the things that I believe were exactly what the media wanted me to believe. I started seeing that the things that Trump was saying was not what he said, uh, that, that that the media said that he was saying was not it at all. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I was like, okay, why, is, why, why am I being lied to? Sure. I hate being lied to. Don't play me for a fool. That's my issue. I don't care if you're left, right, or center. Don't play me for a fool. So I was like, okay, let me start delving into this. And I, so I was like, okay, let me let me get deep, dig deeper when it comes to the realm of politics. So I went to the Young Turks, started seeing what it is that they had to say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, how am I supposed to debate Trump supporters when all I'm getting is emotional uh, emotionalism from these guys? I can't do anything with that. So I was like, okay, let's see what the right has to offer. Started with Ben Shapiro. Yeah. Well, that's, that's, that's pretty right. That's a very unemotional, very calculated very, right there. Goodness gracious, facts don't care about your feelings. I was uh-huh. like, oh. But then I was like, you know, I I know I'm on the right t- track, but I can't digest what he's saying. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I was like, okay, let's go see what else we have. Stephen Crowder. Sure. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Comedy mixed with facts. So I was like, okay, I can I can digest that. Then I saw Candace Owens and and Charlie Kirk, and I was like, oh my gosh, there's a black conservative. I didn't even know that existed. That's a unicorn right there. Goodness <laughs> gracious, what is that? <laughs> and this was this was in 2017. So this yeah. was was this this was pre BLM. This was pre yes yes. So yes. this is back before Candace Owens blew up, right? Because she blew up during the George Floyd thing. You got it. Yeah, you got it. So okay, uh, what was it about? her back then that what was she saying that made more sense it was the fact that and, and you know because you, if you're talking about the typical leftist uh, uh typical black leftist okay when you talk about the typical black leftist you mm-hmm. can say all the same things that candace owen says but i don't want to hear because your skin color is the wrong color mm-hmm. right so it's all about the melanin, which is absolutely ridiculous now that I, you know, hindsight 2020, all that sort of thing. Yes. You know, truth transcends color. So it doesn't matter if it comes from you, me, or Candace Owens. It's still the same truth, mm-hmm. okay? But at that time, I was still like, you know what? I need to hear from a black person. So I started hearing all the same things that Ben Shapiro, uh, Stephen Crowder, and all these other people were, that Charlie Kirk were saying. Mm-hmm. But now it's coming from a black person. Mm-hmm. It resonated more with me. And that's why at this point in time, it's so incumbent on me to speak out because there's... There are those black people who are like me, who will only listen if it comes from my melanated skin, right? So it, it, that's what will kind of woke me up. And that's what why Candace Owens was so influential for me. Mm-hmm. Because it was finally, I was like, okay, she's saying, I, I've always been told from white people that I need to stop, uh, 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 you know, with this victim mentality, stop blaming the white man for everything. But now I'm hearing it from a black person. Mm-hmm. There must be some mm-hmm. truth to that. So that's what kind of spurned, uh, it, it further uh, uh, encouraged my my evolution, sure. uh, so so to speak. So, yeah. 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 When it comes to the black American community, mm-hmm. what do you think are, let's, let's just pick maybe even two, one or two narratives that are the most detrimental and perhaps even the most misunderstood. Yeah. Because sometimes it feels like you're living in a different paradigm, not even just black to white persons, mm-hmm. but- left to right or just difference of opinion it seems like there's a different understanding of the world yes what is what are a couple narratives that you see to be the most misunderstood racially divided between (laughs) black and white first one i would definitely have to say is that black equals democrat that Mm. is the absolute most horrendous and detrimental narrative within the black community that i think is perpetuated on a consistent basis 
Uh, and you see that, I mean, not, it's, not it's not necessarily just the term Democrat, sure. but it's everything that comes along with it. I mean, you look at the left now. Um, I mean, they, they were always evil, but th they've ratcheted up to 10 at this point. Yeah. Uh, they want to sacrifice babies on the altar of abortion, carte blanche, all the way up until birth. And now, even after birth, right, in places like uh, California, you know, um, they want to be able to do post-abortion, which is, it's murder still, but it's just, right. their whole idea is that it's just a clump of cells. Yeah. But now it's after birth, and you still want to let it die, mm -hmm. you know? So... Yeah, issues like that. When it comes to the issue of transgenderism, when it comes to the issue of homosexuality, when it comes to the issue of uh, uh, the the border, the border issue is another huge one. The left has been taking and and just a despicable stance on all of these things, and this is what the black community is aligning uh, lining up with, mm -hmm. right? Which is interesting because the black community has typically been very religious, right? We're mm -hmm. typically we're typically Christians, right? Especially within the Bible Belt, but yet and still nowadays we're aligning with uh, uh, notions of of secular humanism and 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 moral relativism, which have nothing to do with Christianity, with that which has nothing to do with the will of God or the Word of God. Do you it's, see this happening at a pastoral level? One hundred percent happening at a pastoral. One hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, you look at Raphael Warnock. You know, uh, mm -hmm. that charlatan of a man, or, or, or should I say, Senator Raphael Warnock. Um, the very fact that you have pastors. Right. And this this goes all the way back into the 1930s. Right. Where in which the communists uh, uh, infiltrated the black churches and they knew the best way to get to the black community was through the black black churches and going to the black pastors. Right. So they would they would. It's actually rather interesting. There's a book by Manning Johnson called Color Communism and Common Sense. Right. It's a fantastic book. Ooh, and it, I like that. it's a great book. And this guy was a, a black communist back in the day. Right. Okay. I think he died in like 1959 or something like that. They used a black communist, a black top communist back in the day, mm -hmm. who then turned his back on the Communist Party once he realized what it was doing to the black community and how it was using the black community for their own purposes. And he turned his back on the, on the Communist Party and wrote a tell-all book about how the communists have infiltrated every aspect of the black community, starting with the pastors and the churches, mm. right? And it's unbelievable. And that's how you get the black community. You go through the churches. The same thing that Margaret Sanger did when it came to Planned Parenthood, right? When it came to the murder of children. Sure. This and the same the same uh, exact strategy was actually implemented in Nazi Germany by the Nazis Boom. all throughout Europe. Boom. Targeting the religious leaders. Come on. The, they got, at, at one point, there's that famous, uh, um, that, that famous, and I don't, I don't want to say which church it was, but it was the biggest church in germany flying the nazi schwarzenegger mm -hmm. hitler and the Gestapo, they understood just like it's the same strategy same if i can get those religious leaders to fly this flag or to push this propaganda there is a large percentage of these followers that will follow absolutely which is actually interesting because when you look at the nazi party they took a lot of their plays from the democrat party in the way that they treated black people Right. And the way that the, 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 in the racial South and, and a lot of the different ways that they, you know, the one drop policy, Hitler thought that that one drop policy, what is the one drop policy? Basically, if you have a drop of, of black blood in you or African-American blood, you are no longer considered white. Right. So you, you, if that was a policy, it, it was, it was this idea. Oh God. It's unbelievable. It's absolutely disgusting. Right. Yeah. yeah. So Hitler was like, Oh, we can't do that. That's 
a little bit too drastic, right? <laughs> yeah. You're talking about Nazis who looked at the Democrat Party, and they, they like to say it was America that did this, but no, it was the Democrat Party within America that did this. But they like they, they, even the Nazis were like, uh, that's a little too far fetched for us, right? But it's it's to say it's it's really sad because the Democrat Party of old and of new is absolutely detrimental to the black community and to the United States of America as a whole. You look at all the things that they institute, you see all the things that they're trying to pro uh, promote, uh, this progressivism, that's absolutely tearing us apart at the core. It's absolutely disgusting. It's a matter of just getting people to wake up to this fact and understand, look, we have an issue at hand and you are looking to the Democrat party because you're told to generation after generation, black people. So it's time for you to start waking up and, and understanding that you're more conservative than you thought you were. Mm -hmm. And I like to give them the test. I like, you know, I tell them straight up, like, okay, let's take the labels out of it. Okay. Let's take away Trump. Let's take away Biden. Let's take away uh, uh, Republicans. Let's take away Democrats, right? Let's take away, let's even take away conservative liberal. Let me ask you some questions. Do you love guns? Heck yeah, bro. I love my guns. Okay, then. All right. Do you agree with children being subjected to sexual uh, themes at a young age, right? Or, or children at all being subjected sure. to, to young themes? Yeah. No, heck no, no. Leave the kids alone. Oh, okay. Do you do you agree with the fact that men can become women and women can become men? Nah, man, that's, that goes against reality. Okay, then. Do you love God? Of course I love God. Oh, you're more conservative than we thought. Mm -hmm. Do you Do you trust the government? Do you love big government? Nah, man, I don't trust the government, bro. Huh. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, so it's time for you to get off that Democrat plantation, which promotes the idea of big go government, which promotes transgenderism, which promotes the sexualization of children, which promotes taking away your guns. It's time for us to get you off that plantation in which you're voting against your own interest and get on to the party that actually advocates for self-accountability, responsibility, personal agency, and individuality. What do you say to the argument sort of the counter argument to a lot of what you just said, mm -hmm. which is that, well, A, that the Republican and Democratic Party switched, switched, <laughs> switched, and you know where I'm going with this, because this is the counter argument that I hear, and that is that, okay, you know, the one-drop policy, mm -hmm. Jim Crow law, I mm -hmm. mean, there is no denying that America has a very, shall we say, colorful past oh, yeah. with its laws mm -hmm. of discrimination and systematic racism. Come on now. Now... A, did the party switch? And if so, when did it happen? Uh. And B, do we still have the remnants of that systematic racism mm -hmm. with us here today? Well, it's funny because no, the parties didn't switch because it's, it's funny how people try to frame it. You know, why? Okay, first of all, let's just think of this logically, right? Why would I, who does things for a moral basis, on a moral basis, on a moral plane, why would I then say, you know what? I no longer want to do this on the moral plane. I no longer, no longer want to do this on a moral basis. I want to be evil now. Do you want to be good? Let's switch. There's no, like, that doesn't even make sense. And it's funny how people even uh, adhere to this mindset. But I also say this. Sure. Okay, let's look at the Democrat Party of old, right? The Democrat Party of old is, you know, the pro-segregation, pro- uh, Jim Crow uh, law. Jim Crow, absolutely, huh? Pro-slavery. Pro, uh, 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 was big on racism, pro-KKK, okay? That's the Democrat Party of old. Now we look at the new Democrat Party. They're supporting this idea that segregation within these schools 
is fine. You can have black graduations. You can have black only dorms. That's fine when it comes to the Democrat Party. That's fine when it comes to the left. Black only, which is big in, 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 in California, having black only dorms, black only spaces. That's segregationism. Those who don't understand history are doomed to repeat it. And we see this happening time and time again with them promoting this, especially within the school districts, saying that black people, they need to have their own space. They need to be able to do their own thing over here, away from these white people, LGBTQ as well. They need to have their own space as well. The only people, the only demographic of people that can't have their own space are white people. That's the way they want it, okay? Mm. That's still segregationalism, which has happened uh, uh, in the 19th, uh, uh, shoot, <laughs> before the civil rights and on through, okay? Yeah. Okay, so let's look at that. Let's look at the party of racism. The Democrat Party was a party of racism, especially promoting the idea of, of racism back in the day. Okay, so let's look at what's going on right now. Who are the ones who are fixated on the idea of race? Which one, which party in particular, which individuals in particular only prop up when it comes to a black person getting murdered by a white person? Oh, that's all over the daggone news. But when it's a black person killing a white person, don't you say a word. That goes against the narrative that we're trying to put forward, which is what narrative? That racism is alive and well. It's all over the place, right? right? CRT being promoted by the left, critical race theory, which is a completely destructive ideology coming from the daggone pits of hell, or should I say, AKA Marxism, right? Because you had you had conflict theory, which was Karl Marx, you know, uh, uh, the conflict conflict theory, which was uh, uh, the oppressor versus oppressed paradigm, the bourgeoisie versus the proletariat, the have versus the have nots, you know, that whole paradigm shift, okay? Now, all of a sudden, they, that didn't come to fruition. So then it came to conflict theory, right? Which was uh, the Frankfurt School. The Frankfurt School came up with the idea of conflict, uh, conflict theory. And uh, that's basically Marxism, but on a cultural level now, mm. right? And that is much more effective, okay? So yeah, conflict theory, now it's critical theory. I'm sorry, I, I mixed up the terms. It was conflict theory with Karl Marx, critical theory with the Frankfurt School. And they put forth now, critical race theory mm -hmm. okay and that's to divide the races it's about it's about the haves versus the have-nots it's about the oppressor oppressed paradigm but now culturally right we're talking about the cultural aspect of the haves versus the have-nots so now you're going to put the white versus the black you're going to put that this color against that color you're going to put that gender versus against this gender, gender. Yeah. yeah absolutely what i what i hear you saying is that the parties didn't switch it seems as though the strategy switched oh yeah that the strategy of how to create because because essentially, you don't even have to use the word racism. You mm. just have to use the word divisiveness. <laughs> if you want to create the haves and the have-nots or the divided, you know, peoples, mm -hmm. you switch your strategy from, okay, we're going to, you know, lock these people in this house and you keep them in it. these schools. And it. today, you've switched your strategy to where now it's, well, we're not going to do any of that because that's terrible, but we're going to, we're going to, because you need to have your own space. You know, you, <laughs> you have been, you have had such a hard, terrible, historic injustice past that we're going to give you these. And I, I do not use Kanye West as an, ex, as no. a, no, I do not, <laughs> but, but he, he, he did have a very interesting perspective sure. similar to this, sure, sure. which is that this is the new form of segregation. Absolutely. And it, while it may be promoted mm -hmm. in a different way, yeah. its goal in achieving the same outcome is still there. Absolutely. Absolutely. You look at them. That's why I say that the Democrat Party of old still does the same Democrat Party. So 
nothing changed. Mm-hmm. No party switched because they're still doing the same things, just in a different format, mm-hmm. right? They reinvented themselves. Sure. It's, it's no longer slavery of the physical. It's the slavery of the mental now, which is much more compelling in this day and age. So let me let me switch gears here and sure. kind of present another because we need to we need to acknowledge that there is a strong basis of opinion on the other side of this topic. Mm-hmm. I mean, there is a large percentage of African Americans that are currently locked up in the prison system. Mm-hmm. There is definitely racism in some form still alive sure. in the world today. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I believe that human beings by nature do have tribal instinct and that instinct is still with us. When it. we see each other, mm-hmm. we form opinions when we look at each other. It's just Absolutely. the way that it is. Mm-hmm. Do you see an area where systematic racism still exists today in the United States of America? Um, Not in the way that people think. Okay. okay. So the systematic racism of the past was that black people weren't allowed to A, B, C, D, D through Z. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, which was true. Absolutely. We, there are certain things we were not allowed to do. Uh, Jim, like we talked about Jim Crow laws, you know, separate but equal, all these different things. But when you look at it right now, black the black community is able to do every single last thing that every other race is able to do. We have every opportunity at our fingertips. What are we going to do with it? But the systemic racism now has switched. It has reversed. Now there are institutions and, and different policies put in place where now white people are being uh, uh, pushed to the back in, in the form of <laughs> diversity, equity, and inclusion. Okay. Which diversity, all that's about is anti-whiteness. That's all that is, right? Because it's not diversity when it comes to the NBA. We don't need more diversity when it comes to uh, <laughs> a, a black, you know, majority, uh, uh, you know, institution. Sure, you know? sure. But only in the white-only institutions do you need diversity. Huh? When it comes to these these uh, certain colleges, right? When you talk about uh, uh, HBCUs, you know, historically black colleges and universities. No, 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 no. We don't need diversity there. No, 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 no. We need more black people there. But when it comes to these other colleges in which there's, you know, Yale, Harvard, mm-hmm. in which have a lot of uh, white people or in this case, Asians, we need more diversity. I think you the Asian thing actually very <laughs> much discriminated against. I read, didn't you send me something, Jake, where their test scores are being discriminated oh, against, yeah. where Asians are actually held to a higher standard? Yep. How racist is that That's shit? Racism at its peak. That is crazy. I'm sorry. Just because they're Asian does not mean they are smarter than me. That is so. That is so it's, racist. That's crazy. Yeah, it drives me up a wall because again, they use racism to combat racism. But this is from based. This is based from Abram X. Kendi. He says that in his freaking terrible book, uh, "How to Be an Anti-Racist." <laughs> it's just it's ridiculous because everything he espouses in his book is the exact opposite of what he's trying to say it, it is yeah. right how to be an anti he says the only way to fix uh past discrimination is through present discrimination the only way to fix present discrimination or, or, or yeah present, present discrimination is through future discrimination so the only way you fix racism the only way you fix discrimination is by discriminating against those who discriminated against you that's the only way to fix it. So the way <laughs> we fix discrimination from whites to blacks is for blacks to now discriminate against whites. That's absolutely asinine. Wow. You don't fight fire with fire. That's not the way to put a fire out. You put water on it. And this is what Martin Luther King talked about. He said, uh, uh, darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. 
uh, hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. Mm. But yet and still, these people are doing the exact opposite of that and saying, hey, if they discriminated against you, the way, you, know, you know how to fix that? You discriminate against them. And that's the system that they've created right now in which whites are being discriminated against <laughs> indiscriminately, which is actually, it's, it's, it's asinine. It's an asinine concept. You, so you're telling me that, especially like when you talk about the idea of white privilege, because you, you spoke to it, when it comes to median income, Asians make more than white people, right? Household median income, uh, Asians, I think, is $95,000 per uh, median income. When it comes to white people, seventy-five. dollars okay? When it comes to education, Asians are on top, right? They beat all the other demographic. When it comes to uh, two-parent homes, the Asian community is at 87% with two-parent married, uh, uh, two married uh, people within the home, yes. okay? When it comes to white people, it's actually 76%. Okay, so the Asian community, where is the white privilege if the Asian community is beating white people in all these major demographics? Did, did, did the Asians get the cheat codes? Did you give Asians the cheat codes? Is that what happened? No, it's because the Asian community has a very uh, a strict sense of a strict code of honor, right. right? The Asian community, they they know how to really pull themselves together and really focus on things like education. They're hard workers. All they need is an opportunity. They come from these countries in which they don't have the opportunity. And they come to the United States of America and work their behinds off. And guess what? They are flourishing that's what it's all about. And if only the black community can understand that and implement the same things. But unfortunately, that's not cool. Right. Huh. It's yeah. You're 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 you are born into the narrative mm. that Speak. you have something going against you. Speak. And no matter what you do, it's always going to be there. And even when I because <sighs> because growing up in a household where that wasn't it was not espoused to me and my siblings i mean my my uh, you know and we did not we didn't come from money uh, my my father made money but not until i was about 17 sure. so sure. coming from a family where you were taught right out of the gate okay uh no one's going to do you any favors including hmm. me you need to have a work ethic and you need to understand that this is on you. Come on. There is nothing that you... There, a, there's no one standing in your way other than oh. you. So there's that. And B, if you want something, you need to go out and you need to take it. And it seems like that is missing hmm. quite a bit from the narrative that is being... And, and again, specifically being told to the African-American community. It. It, because that is not the narrative being told to the Asians. The, the, the Asian community, it seems, like you said, have a very, very strong family structure and whether or not it's, you know, every household is obviously different, mm -hmm. but by and large, that seems to be instilled in their culture. 100%. That, hey, it's, and it's even... <laughs> It even makes its way into like the jokes about like the Asian family. You see like family guys. You know, you know what I'm talking about? Are you are you a doctor? Like, no. You come back to me when you're a doctor. And that's no. that's that's the way that and, and it's it's obviously a very satirical perspective yes. on the culture, yes. but in a way, there's always truth in comedy. Yes. And that is the way that culture views education and hard work. It's funny because there's also this other Family Guy uh, uh, skit where, <laughs> God bless Family Guy, there's this other skit where everyone was getting out of school, right? Mm -hmm. And a bunch of Japanese people were lined up for school for the next day. You know what I'm saying? 
He makes fun of the Asian community by showcasing how educated they are and how much they attain and chase education. You know what I'm saying? I want the black community to be made fun of, quote unquote, like that. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. Goodness gracious. But you, you said it. They don't want us to be prosperous. They don't want the black community to be process, prosperous. They need us to remain victims. They need us ensconced in the idea of victimology and forever think that we're oppressed, right? And it's, it's really nefarious because you can't control a, a group of people unless they believe that they're victimized, unless they believe that they're oppressed, right? And we have now bought into this narrative and through repetition, through repetition, hey, black person, you're oppressed. Hey, black person, through CRT, you're oppressed. Hey, black person, first grade, second grade, you're oppressed. You're oppressed, third grade, fourth grade, fifth grade. You're a victim, you're a victim, you're oppressed. Sixth grade, eighth grade, ninth grade, twelfth grade. Yeah. You're oppressed, you're oppressed. What, is, what does a repetition uh, uh, cause or bring about? Repetition brings about habits, okay? Now your habits are forming. What does habits create? Behavior. Now, you ha now you're acting in a certain way. Now you're acting in line with the way they want you to think and how they want you to believe. And what do uh, behaviors bring about? Character. Char behaviors have a direct effect on character. Now you, you believe. This is your identity now. You have made this your identity. And what does character breed? When you have a lot of people with this specific character trait, it now dominates and becomes your culture. And you look at the black community, it has a broken culture. It has a culture of degeneracy. We uplift this idea of hit it and quit it. You hear it in all the daggone rap songs. I am a huge proponent, or not a proponent, I am against rap music, or at least secular rap music, sure. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because of the d disastrous effects it's had on the black community. It, it promotes four things. It promotes uh, rebellion against authority figures, it promotes violence, it promotes drugs, and it promotes promiscuity. And you look at every single one of those things it's having a direct impact on the black community. Promiscuity is killing the black community. Why? Because we have a lot of fathers who are not in the homes, hidden and quitted culture. So you don't have a father in the home. Now the kid's growing up to be a daggone delinquent because there's no one to keep them on the, on the straight and narrow. Fathers are really good when it comes to discipline, when it comes to violence. Oh, <laughs> yeah, 13% of the population is committing over 50% of the violent crime in America. Houston, we have a problem when it comes to rebellion against authority figures. I mean, you look at what's going on. They love uh, black people, these degenerates within the black, and I'm not saying it's all the black, all the whole of black people, but it's the degenerates within our culture, right? They promote, they love posting these videos in which they're going up against the police, where they're telling the police off, where they're, where they're fighting the police. And it doesn't matter if they pulled out a gun on the police officer. It doesn't matter if they tried to uh, stab or shoot or kill the police officer. It doesn't doesn't matter if the police officer deems him to be a threat and puts him down as he should. Now here comes BLM, daggone it. Black Lives Matter, I can't believe you killed this unarmed individual. I'm so sick of that daggone narrative, by the way. Unarmed. Unarmed. <laughs> that, that, that's, that's the dumb. Look, if you have a police officer who's 150 pounds, mm -hmm. I am 345. Are you really? Yes, I am. <laughs> <laughs> A little half to me, just a little bit. Yeah, Mama, fed. Mama fed me good. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm 345, going up against a 150, you know, says, I don't I don't have to be armed, okay? My size in and of itself, right? My size in and of itself mm -hmm. is a, a direct threat, is a direct weapon when it comes to someone like that. I'm not gonna if he shoots me dead because I'm charging at him, Mike Brown. If I if I get shot dead because I'm charging at somebody then 
you better believe they have every right to defend themselves based on the threat that I am. But I'll say this, and this would be the counter argument to your point. Mm -hmm. It is wrong for a police officer to look at you. Now, whether or not they do it or not, that's uh, you, they can't help it. Like I yeah. said, we see one another, we form opinions. I don't care if you're Samoan, black, white. If I meet a 345-pound <laughs> guy, mm -hmm. I'm going to make assumptions about him. You better believe it. But if a cop pulls you over, mm -hmm. looks at you at the wheel, mm -hmm. and immediately pulls his gun out, one would say that that officer has made a... Maybe he ain't even said a word to you yet. Right, right. That's an unfair assumption. 100%. And, and a racist assumption because 100%. you're a 345-pound black man. True. Now, this is very true. Now, when it comes to situations like that, you you better believe it. I, I completely understand, right? I completely understand why someone would say... Excuse me, why someone would cry foul, right? Mm -hmm. I completely understand that. But the likelihood of a situation like that happening is very slim. It's very slim, as a matter of fact. And... and it's it's actually kind of interesting because I, I think about me. You know, this. Is I assume I, you've been pulled over by a cop before, yes? Oh, time and time again. Sure. Right? And every single time, hands on the dash, I mean, on, on, on the steering wheel, keys out of my ignition on my dashboard so he can see it. All my windows are rolled down. Okay, mm -hmm. I make it so that the cop knows I am not a threat. I make it, I, I'm very pleasant, right? I'm very calm in, in the way I'm responding to him. Chris Rock, he had I a, knew you. <laughs> you know I was going, baby. Yeah. You know I was <laughs> How the nice. What the fuck? <laughs> exactly. And which was interesting because he had this great squid skit called How to Not Get Your Ass Kicked by the Police. <laughs> Y'all need to look it up on YouTube. It's freaking phenomenal. Okay? I, I wonder if we could. Do you think we could play it? Or play that it? thing, man. That's freaking phenomenal. I, I don't. Uh, I don't think we could play okay, it. No, no we'll get demonetized for playing it, but we could do it. Mm -hmm. He he says in the skit he lists what is is it three ways not to not to get your ass kicked by the police. Speak on it. He said, "Don't be smoking weed." Yeah, yeah. When you get pulled over, be polite. Yes. Be okay. Polite. Be polite. And he said, <laughs> don't, don't have with a mad woman. <laughs> he got weed. He got weed. He got weed. He got weed. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the one the guy gets out of the car. He's like, everybody knows that the police have to come and catch you. They're bringing the ass. Get you with them. <laughs> I always oh. whenever I see that actually unfold in real life, I always wonder if people really do realize if you run from the police, I mean that that that's a felony. You're gonna go. You can't run from the police Don't, at all. No, you are resisting arrest. Okay, <laughs> this it's actually funny because I have a, I have a good buddy of mine, right? He's a, he's an ex cop, right? Mm -hmm. uh, he used to be a cop in Philly, and he said, "Bruh." And he black dude, black dude. You know what I'm saying? He's he's in the sixties. Looks phenomenal, by the way. He's like he looks like he's freaking thirties. He looks younger than me. It's a, it's a be all. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Good for him. Yeah, he's absolutely. He's a fitness guy. So yeah, yeah. You know. But he said that. Uh, <laughs> he said he called it a run tax. That he would, you know, when he would, if someone would run, he gives them the run tax. So once you catch up to him, you tune him up. You know what I'm saying? This is a black guy who said this. And he said, this is a common thing. Uh -huh. My brother's in uh, is, is a PD as well. Mm -hmm. And yes, this is a common thing. You don't run. If you run, yeah. okay, we're going to now with the body cam. It all changed the game. Of course. But yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? But yeah, they would tune you up. You oh, yeah. run. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You're going to catch these hands. You know what I'm saying? 
So, and, and, and the thing is, again, if, if I was a cop, I'll be pissed off too. Yeah. I'm 345. Does this look like it want to run? No. <laughs> so if I catch you, you catching this thing yeah, a little bit. Like, oh, yeah. Body yeah. shots all over the place, you know? <laughs> but it's, it's, it's just common sense. And if someone has it in them to actually flee, as a cop, you mm -hmm. automatically you are like, all right, they got drugs, they got a weapon, they probably... Can. Or they're high right now. Yes, yes, the, yes. Because no, like a normal person won't run from the police. No. See, I have no fear of the police. And so I try to explain to people, you know, especially within the black community, because they get so paranoid and, and, and all this and type of stuff when, when, when the encounters with the police. Sure. I'm like, what are you scared of? Are you a law-abiding citizen? Mm. Then you have nothing to fear. You only have something to fear if you've done wrong. That's the only time you have any time to fear the police. If you are doing things that's against the law, I don't do anything that's against the law. I don't do anything to provoke the anger and the ire of the police, right? So if I break the law, if I'm speeding, well, guess what? I'm getting pulled over because I'm speeding, mm -hmm. okay? I did this to myself. A little self-accountability, responsibility, and personal agency goes a long way. Wow, right? yep. It says, and I've also said this, look, say I get that the a-hole cop. Okay. And we've all got them. And we all got them. They're, yeah. they're out there. They're out there. They oh, yeah. really are. There's bad apples in every situation. Well, they got a God complex. They you got their little gun. They Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're out there. And there's a lot of those, too, especially nowadays. It's actually really ridiculous. The amount of people with the God complex got picked on in their high school, and now they want to be a cop so they can take the revenge out on the world. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So you have those. And if I ever got pulled over by one of these God complexes cop, and uh, he pulls me out the car. Mm-hmm. Pistol whips me three times, knocks five teeth out, puts the gun right next to my ear, fires off, you know, it empties his old his old uh, magazine. I'm going to comply. If he takes me and slaps me upside the head, I'm going to comply. If he throws me in the back of his cruiser and takes me to jail, I'm going to comply. I have a responsibility to my own life, to my wife, and to my children. Mm. I am going home at the end of the day. I am not going to let my ego get in the way. And you better believe as soon as it, I get out the station, I am turning around and I am suing everybody. Mm. You better believe I'm getting paid. Yeah. I'm getting paid. And that's why I try to explain to people, if you have a situation where there is no uh, uh, just uh, uh, cause for this cop to do what he did, yeah. right? Just take it and go and get paid afterward. Oh, yeah. Right? Go get paid, brother. It beats getting a bullet in my behind. Right. There's, there's, there's two ways it's going to end. Either I'm going to resist arrest, you know, call him out, try to fight him, get shot, lose my life, or I'm, go I'm still going to jail. Either way, I'm going to go to jail. So let's just take the L. I'm going to take the L, get out, and I'm going to get paid, baby. You better believe I'm getting paid. So I try to explain to people, let's be smart. Let's be wise when it comes to interactions with the police. Now, while you now while you believe that you're not going to necessarily get shot or beat unless you're breaking the law, whether you're black, white, whatever it is you want, sure. do you believe that it's true that African Americans have a larger responsibility to change the uh, perception that the police 100%. will have of you because mm -hmm. we're all affected by this this culture wide narrative of you know bigotry. That's yes. the, the white cop, the black person getting pulled over, or reversed. Yeah. But if you are a black individual being pulled over, you would tell that person, "Look, 
I don't believe it's right. You don't believe it's right. right. But you have a larger responsibility than the white guy does yes. to make that cop feel that everything's okay. Like I said, 13% of the population is committing over 50% of the violent crime in America, especially when it comes to murders. I understand why someone would have some apprehension. A cop, he comes up, pulls over this car, bumping loud rap music, smoke coming out the car. He pulls up to the thing, you know, gets up to the, to the window. Guy's sitting there with his goons in the back. What you want, mother lover? You know what I'm saying? I understand the apprehension because I would feel the same way. And for those who disagree, I suggest you go to inner city Chicago in which you can get popped in your face for looking at someone wrong, okay? Black on black crime is prevalent within inner city Chicago. There is no consideration for life. And especially when it comes to a lot of these inner cities, there's no consideration for life. So when it comes to dealing with people who are just violent, right? And I'm not saying they're violent because of the color of their skin. They're, black people are violent because of our culture. Okay, we promote this within our culture. We say it's okay. As a matter of fact, we have music, we have media, we have TV series, we have The Wire, right? We have a uh, 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 movies, you know, South Central and 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 Boys in the Hood, in which we're always promoting ourselves as this violent race, mm. as this ultimately we will shoot you, we will gun you down. If you smudge my puma, I will shoot you in your face. If you look at me wrong, I will shoot you in your face. Which it's, it's actually kind of funny because with, when you look at the black community with us being so violent, you know, you look at me wrong. You look at someone wrong in, in, in Chicago, you get gunned down. You wear you wear uh, a red in the hood, uh, uh, in South Central, you know what I'm saying, South Side Count the Crip. You wear red, you wear a red flag, you're going to get gunned down. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So you can do something as wear a wrong shirt, wear a wrong color, and you get shot. You go to Piru, anywhere in, in Piru neighborhood, you wearing blue, you gonna get shot, right? But yet and still, we're all mad at the guy who was threatening and yelling and threatening violence to a bunch of passengers on a subway chain. And because a white guy subdued a black guy and he happens to die in his sub, talking about Daniel Penny and, and, and Jordan Neely, okay? All of a sudden, all of a sudden now, it's racially motivated. Huh? It's funny because we have the same people who act like, oh, I, you should have just helped them. And he was just yelling at people. You what? You, a person can't yell? They, they get killed? You get killed for less in Chicago, bruh. So let's not <laughs> gaslight the situation and try yeah. to act like you don't know what's going on here when you would shoot someone for less. Yeah. I'm so sick of the self-righteous in righteous indignation from these freaking clowns. Boy, get me upset. Yeah. <laughs> Let's uh let let's shift gears here a little bit yeah. because I I I've seen a, a shift in the paradigm of support for Trump. Speaking about DT, sure. Um, it seems as though because for a, for a very long time, and especially during I mean during COVID, mm. during all that, you had I, I mean I would say even more than you see today. Absolutely. It seems as though the divisive bridge <laughs> was the widest it had ever been. Um, uh, and, and and I I. I question everyone, no sure. matter who it is. Sure. If if Biden says something that I agree with, I'm more than happy to give him. Uh, I'm giving giving him the credit. But yep. 
It's the same thing I, I, I felt like, it felt like, even justifiably so, the Democrats' complaint for Trump was that no matter what Trump did or said, the supporters for Donald Trump would support it and worship it, no matter how crazy or good or bad it was. What is your, because I, I, I we gotta keep talking about the man. I mean, for, for yeah. whatever opinion we all have of him, he ain't going nowhere, you got he's it. running again. You got it. What do you think of that? First and foremost, <laughs> what do you think of him as the face of the conservative Republican Party going against Sleepy Joe. First and foremost, let me say this, and I, I've been battling with this for the past couple months. You know, since probably about February when I first made my first critical uh, uh, critique. Uh, not first, but it, 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 I I put it on social media. Usually, I yeah yeah yeah. Was it, 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 this wasn't the DeSantis one. Which... This was the, this was when he was criticizing DeSantis. Yes. Okay. Um, and the thing is, it was, it was, it was unwarranted and it was petty, right? Now, Two very, very accurate adjectives to describe. You Donald better Trump. believe. Yeah. <laughs> unwarranted and petty. Petty, petty yeah. Roosevelt. He's petty Roosevelt. He's petty Rushman. There go. He's petty Pendergrass. Boy, I try to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Petty, petty, petty. But, you know, that was something we used to like about Trump. But, you know, as I got mature, because I remember when I first started on my political journey, and I didn't know much, you know, I started seeing it. I was just looking at his policies. And I saw what he was doing for America. So I just instinctively supported him. And I still do. I still do to this day. Sure. I support him. Um, but now I'm more nuanced in my approach, right? Now I'm more like, okay, I want to see the morality of the situation. I want to see the morality of what you're saying, what it is that you're espousing. Is it going to help America? Is it going to hurt our party? You know, I'm more nuanced in that. Yeah. So I support Trump 100%. 100%. Love the dude. However, I will criticize him. And I will do it publicly. And I think that that's something we need to do as supporters. Supporters. Not worshipers. Not fans. Not fanatics supporters that's what we're supposed to do when it comes to politicians and lately trump has been he's, he's been messing up right? right he's been having issue after issue he just criticized DeSantis. It, he criticized DeSantis, and he had the nerve the audacity and the gall i think this was just a couple days ago if not yesterday he said that andrew cuomo the garbage former uh, a governor of 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 new york yeah did a better job when it came to covid than DeSantis did. He said that? He said that. I must have missed that. Oh, man, because he, he actually, because uh, Ben Shapiro had him on his show, uh, had DeSantis on his show, and he was talking about it, and it's it's just repugnant for him to utter such a thing, because Cuomo did an absolute horrendous job, but on top of that, he is willing to praise a liberal for his destructive policies that killed a whole lot of people within nursing homes. Right, 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 yeah. He had a huge issue with that. And, and then they against DeSantis, who did arguably one of the best Thank jobs. you. I mean, Florida was open first, Thank right? You. Of all of us. Yes, because we all shut down. Everyone shut Everyone down. Shut down. But once Florida, once DeSantis realized what was going on, he opened back up. You, you, you're right, he's one of the first states to do it. Yeah. Right? So he he criticized Trump. Uh, Trump criticized uh, DeSantis saying that Cuomo, Andrew Cuomo, right, did a better job mm -hmm. than DeSantis, mm -hmm. right? So you're stooping that low 
just to go against your political opponent? Is that what it is? Because that was going to be my next question. Mm -hmm. I mean, is he, do, do you believe he's doing this because he sees DeSantis as his primary competitor? I mean, if you were to ask any semi-open-minded, free-thinking Republican who they think would oh. be the best decision for the party yes. going forward, I'm betting DeSantis' name comes up. Yes. It seems as though he does have a good track record. He yes. seems like a level-headed person. Yes. I, myself, with Trump, I, I went in waves as well. Mm -hmm. um, I have always... I have always believed that a our politicians are not celebrities. They are not meant to be your heroes. You are not meant to worship or adorn them in any way. That's reserved for God and for your family. But speak with Trump. I was willing to overlook. I mean, how, how many moral quandaries with the man's personal character? Because at the end of the day. Gas was cheap, yeah. the taxes were down. Sure. Which if you, again, if you ask any truly free-thinking person in America, let's be honest, what do you want from your president? Well, I would like to pay him less money and probably see less of him, if I'm being honest with you. It seemed like Trump fit that to a degree. Mm -hmm. Then time passed sure. and went on. And I myself, just like you, mm -hmm. I believe that my understanding of the president. Mm -hmm. I, I believe it has shifted a little bit to where I think it's a valid critique that the left made of him. This man is not a unifying figure. This man <laughs> is not a leader. This man is promoting divisiveness in our just the way, the same way that that discrimination policy in colleges, mm -hmm. you know, black people here, white people here, yeah. Donald Trump and the radical right. Mm -hmm. And it's there. Mm -hmm. and it's oh, there, 100%. And it is there. Yeah. That is the other thing that yeah. I find very, very disturbing sure. is that you will get Republicans or conservatives, and I'm a libertarian myself, so uh -huh. I find myself more in the center. Sure, sure. You will find people on the conservative right that mm -hmm. will bash the liberal left, that will talk about the craziness with, as you mentioned, the, the abortion laws and the transgenderism, all that stuff, and yet they don't believe that there's a radical right you don't think there's a that there's that there's no truth to what the other side is saying? That's not factually accurate. There's crazies on all sides, and unfortunately, social media allows the crazies to voice their opinions much louder sure. than the rest of us here in the middle. <laughs> now, Trump, again, his policies and what he did, and the sure. fact that I paid less money. Yes, that was my first and foremost most attractive quality that mm -hmm. I, I love Trump during his first couple years in office. I was like, Oh, this is great. Yeah. I, I yeah. like, I don't have to pay as much tax. I've been my gas is cheap. Groceries are down. Everything's looking pretty darn sure. good. Sure. But as time goes on, I do believe mm -hmm. that it is a valid critique that the left has put on his hit against him, mm -hmm. that he is, he is divisive. Mm -hmm. Now, whether or not he got a fair deck of cards from the media or right. not, which right. he didn't, right. Right. We can all agree on that. Yeah. He is a us versus them president. Yes. Just like yes. the last three presidents have been. I have not had, how old are you? I'm 38. Okay. 39. Oh, I just had a birthday. Lord have mercy. I'm getting old. <laughs> Happy birthday, buddy. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I think you and I are both in the same category in that I, I, I don't believe we have had in our lifetime. Mm -hmm. I don't believe we've had a truly amazing president. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, a president that you could, that they exited office and you would have said, oh yeah, everything they did, I totally, which again, mm -hmm. furthers my point. They are human beings that are imperfect. They are not meant to be your celebrities. That's you are it. not meant to look to them That's it. to fix your problems. Thank you. 
You got to fix your own problems. You. That's my that's my narrative on where Trump is at going into this. I have some real and specifically his rollout of and I hate I hate the fact that the vaccine has become Speak a to it. issue, man. Speak to it. The jab. I, I can't stand the fact that we are divided on this based on party lines. It doesn't, Thank you. It also doesn't make any friggin' sense because Trump pushed it and now. They, they, you want to talk about a switch? They, now switch. it's like it's gone the other way. Now the Republican. Now it's like you're a what? You're a Democrat if you get it. And you're a Republican if you not. Right. What does that mean? It's like no reverse card they played. You know what I'm saying? How did that happen? <laughs> I don't know. It, 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 but, but his his zealous, aggressive, uh, irresponsible drive of that of the jab. Thank you. Has, is is my biggest, and he and the fact that he still has not come out that part. He has not come out and critiqued it. Come on, to him he can't be wrong. The man is a narcissist. Donald Trump, hundred. Yeah, Donald Trump is an egotistical maniac that can't be wrong, and that is not uh, that is not a leader. No. You cannot have a leader like that. A man like that is not capable of reaching across the party line and be. He can't even seem to do it with his own party. It's... Can you please preach? Can you please preach? <laughs> and that is where I, again, as a centrist, as a libertarian, yes. he's done good things. Yes. And, 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 and I believe Barack Obama did some good things. Mm. It, it is really, really, really tough to find some good things that Biden has done. <laughs> you search I, high and low. I came in here today really, really thinking yeah. like, you know, I want to I want to kind of I want to <laughs> dig up something that that is something, in, something he's done. He, is he's the worst I've ever. He's the worst. We've 100. Ever. 100. Without, I, and I think without I, a doubt, I believe that opinion. That's a bipartisan opinion too. Yes. I don't believe the Democrats are too happy. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> they can't stand him either. Oh. I mean, I talked to some bro. I remember back when uh uh it was actually kind of funny cuz it was it was during the uh, 2020 elections, right? I was in uh, Cali at that time and I was working this job where I worked six months on and six months off, yeah. right? So I was a six months on and I was in, and I lived in uh, Los Angeles at the time. Went to this gym out there, predominantly black gym or, or a lot of people black in there. Sure. And I was talking with this guy and he was always giving me, you know, he would give me hell all the time. You know what I'm saying? I would wear a MAGA hat. I piss people off. <laughs> I like you know what I'm saying? 345 pounds. Yes, dude. Black dude wearing a MAGA hat. Oh, it. <laughs> Say something, you know what I'm saying? Say something. I'm not gonna go. No, 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 no. I'm not gonna go say nothing. You're my friend. I hate you, but you're my friend. You know what I'm saying? I got a lot of that, by the way. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I bet. Oh, then we, and that's the thing. It was a conversation starter, so I was able to conversate with these individuals. And this one guy, you know, we would go back and forth. We'd talk about the white community, the black community, the black issues, this and that, yada yada, so on and so forth. And I would tell him, "Look, you better be voting for Trump because Biden's going to tank this economy." Nah, you know, f that, f him, this and that, blah 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 blah. So eventually, I left. Those six months off, you know, saying so he thought I just moved. You know, what I'm saying <laughs> so <laughs> the real him came out on social media. You coon, you Uncle Tom, you uh, 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 Uncle Ruckus, or what? Talking about you? Yeah, he talking about me. About talking, okay, yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. He was he was going off on me because he thought I wasn't coming back. I said, you know what? All right, you keep that same energy when I get back. <laughs> so so I came back. And it was it was like a movie. It was just like a wide berth we, he kept from me. Everywhere I went, we were just... In the gym. In the gym, in the gym. You know what I'm saying? Because he was a trainer there. So he was like... It was like we're doing a dance. You know what I'm saying? And finally he comes up to me. And this is after, you know, Trump lost. Biden's in office. All that type of stuff. Things are going to crap. And, uh, it's, you know, so it's, 
you know, probably about eight months or 10 months later, um, he finally says, you know what? Let's squash this. You know what I'm saying? Come on, bud. We, we bros, man. You know, we black. I'm black. You black. Let's be bros. That's okay. Another month later, I'm about to go back uh, go back home. And he said, you know what? I just, I just, I just wanted to come up to you, bro. Man to man, you were right. Hmm. I was like, ooh. That gave me goosebumps because I see the the effect. Not me. That's not that's not me. Sure. But the effect that the Biden administration has had on the black community. Hmm. The price of everything's going up. Protein, meats, uh, gas prices are going up. People are not able there to decide whether I need to pay uh, my rent or I need to pay for uh, some food or or do I go to work, right? Because I got to pay between gas money and food now. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So people are doing bad. So he finally woke up. So I think that one thing that Biden did really good, really well, because he did say he, he's going to unify the party. Mm-hmm. He's going to unify the country. Yeah, you're right. You did unify the country against you. Right. So he done that really well to his resounding credit. He has unified the country against him himself because he has done a terrible job in managing this country. But when it comes to Trump, I do have to agree with you. I, I'm sorry. I am. I am. I, I, I still support Trump. He still has my support as of right now. But I support him as if I would support um, my wife. Right. Because I'm critical of my wife. My wife does something wrong. I, I call her out on it. She does something right, I praise her on it. You know what I'm saying? Same thing with my wife and me, right? She she criticizes that which I do wrong and praises that which I do right. And I will always be critical. What he has done, though, lately, as he has been so petty that it's, it's really hurting our country, right? It's dividing our country. He's being very div- divisive, and his divisiveness is starting to have its effect on our own party. Right. It used to be funny in 2016. We used to call, you know, Jeb Bush, low energy Jeb and all this. He used to have all these different names. <laughs> Jeb Bush. <laughs> you know what I'm Did he take his URL? Was that, was that, did he really do that? that? Remind me, was that Jeb Bush when they were, did you hear this story? No. When they were running in the original uh, Republican primary. Yeah. Jeb forgot. Someone on his staff forgot to re-up their subscription to JebBush.com. No! Someone on Trump's team recognized it, <laughs> snatched it, and then every time anybody went to JebBush.com, it went right to Trump. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and stuff like that. It was hilarious. He was a game show yes. host, man. We thought it was funny. Yes. We thought it was very, and it was. And it was entertaining. Very entertaining. And yes. he is, first and foremost, an entertainer. Yes. I mean, that yes. is what he, and this is the problem. Yeah, you've got a WWE super, <laughs> essentially a WWE superstar running in the presidency and didn't do a horrible job, right? Policy speaking, but I think I, it, because the temptation again, and especially for people like me who are mm-hmm. who are kind of down the middle, sure. is to just be like, well, you know what? I'll just take the good with the bad. I'll take whatever I can mm-hmm. get and sort of just allow, like, I'll, I'll just sort of vote the party line or I'll just go with whatever. I think we need to demand more. 100%. We need to demand more. We, as Americans, deserve better. We we deserve somebody level-headed Preach, who is presidential. Preach. And they can be funny and entertaining sure. and all of those good things. Sure. But we do not need divisive. No, we do not. I, I try to make it very clear to people that we are not, these are not people we need to worship. Right. And this is what I encountered as soon as I made a critique of Trump. And then I started realizing, I was like, these people are fanatical and people have the nerve to say, Trump made you. How dare you turn your back on him? <laughs> what? Is, is Trump massive? 
I'm sorry, master. I'm I apologize, master. Are you kidding me right now? He didn't make me. I, I I had my platform because I decided to support what was right. And at that time, it was 100% Trump. He was doing things that were necessary for the country. He was going against the PC culture. Yep. He was going against the left and the things that they're, the radicalness that they were trying to impose. He was doing that. And I appreciated, appreciated him for it. So I espoused things that promoted him. That's why I did it. Because I believed in what he was doing. Not because he made me or because he retweeted me or anything like that. Ugh. Did he retweet you? I, he retweeted me uh, twice. Oh, cool. Twice. Did yeah. you ever have you ever speak to him or text no, him? No, never met him. Got it. Never met the dude, you know what I'm saying? I appreciated him retweeting, you know what I'm saying? But other than that, I had no interactions with him. Sure. You know? But he still did a great job, and I, and I appreciate him for the good that he did. Yeah. However, now I'm more nuanced. I am much more mature-minded politically than I was back then, yeah. right? And I have to admit... When I first got started, I looked at him as a fan. And I'll never forget this. Oh, my gosh. I was schooled by a liberal. And he he said, I want you. And I remember this. It always stuck with me. He We were at a rally. And he came up to me. And we were having a conversation going back and forth. Blah, 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 blah. Black dude. He was like, you know what? Tell me something you like about good about Trump. I was like, man, let me. Let me blah, 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 blah. Went off, I, started, I started nailing them all. This, that, that. He said, okay, tell me something bad about him. Something bad about him? Nothing. He was like, I can't have an honest conversation with you then. Yep. I cannot have an honest conversation with you. Right. And I bashed him, you know, all this and that. And then I went home and it just started percolating in my mind. I was like, if I can't critique this guy, then what am I really doing here? Am I just a rah-rah cheerleader is that my job mm -hmm. or is my job as a citizen to say, hey, I don't like this that he did. I like this. I don't really appreciate that. I think that's great. That's what a citizen's supposed to do. You're not supposed to idolize your freaking politician. You're supposed to hold his feet to the fire and hold him to a standard. I will vote for you. You have to earn my vote. Mm -hmm. I will give you my vote if I deem you worthy of my vote. That's what it's supposed to be. Especially when it's your candidate. You better believe it. You will always be able to find critiques of the person on the other side of the aisle. That's easy. That's easy. That's easy. Easy and, street. And it's probably easy to find maybe one or two things that you do like about sure, them. Sure. Things they have, character qualities, all mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. It will be your toughest. Come on. Your toughest topic. Thank finding you. things you dislike Thank about you. your, your presidential candidate. That's intellectual maturity. Mm -hmm. You have to be intellectually honest with yourself to say that this is something that I will not stand for. There's a, there's a line that I refuse to cross when it comes to morality because I'm talking to some of these Republicans, huh? I'm talking to some of these Republicans. This is one guy I, I go to the gym with and he pissed me off. This guy's pissing me off because he's trying to, first of all, he's trying to talk down to me. Dude, you don't want to go that route. How, like this? <laughs> He's, he's a wee little man too. You say you live to me, Mister. Yo, you don't get on with yourself before I squash you. Let me get on my stool. I can yes. talk down to you yes. from up there. Good luck. You'll need a couple stools. The stools on top of each other, bad boy. I try to take. Lord have mercy. But we've been having these conversations back and forth, and it all started and stemmed from my critique of Trump. And he keeps telling, he's like, you know, you, you owe this to Trump. No one owes nothing. And that's the thing that they're saying about DeSantis. DeSantis owes Trump. 
this is politics. You don't owe me a dag. I don't owe you a daggone thing. Mm -hmm. It is incumbent on me to do what's best for the country, right? And I that's why I give DeSantis credit. I don't know if he's presidential or not, but I know he's done a fantastic job within the state of Florida. And then my last, uh, my, one of my, yeah, my last post right there, DeSantis is racist. That post, I told, ooh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, this one we can play because this is yours. Yes. There we go. Yep, turn up. Keep going. Okay, so that's what they were doing. Mm -hmm. They were accusing DeSantis of racism because... They called him a racist just because they associate him with rhinos, and apparently rhinos are racist, so that makes Ron DeSantis racist. It's an asinine way of thinking. This is what the liberals do. They throw around the racist word. They cut, and in that whole video, I didn't promote DeSantis and say that I'm, 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 uh, you know, going to be voting for him. Mm -hmm. I did not promote Trump and said I'm going to be voting for him. I said this is wrong. This should be universally accepted. You don't say so to someone just because you disagree with them or you disagree with their politics. You don't say or you disagree with them running. You don't say, well, they're racist. You don't just say that. That makes us no better than the liberal left that we always claim are freaking out of bounds for doing such things. Mm. But yet and still, within the comment section, people kept saying, you DeSantis shill. I can't believe you're, you're, you're voting for DeSantis. You turn your back on MAGA. You got your name MAGA Hulk from MAGA. How dare you turn your back on Trump? I'm like, look, pay attention to what I'm saying. What I'm saying is it's not right to label people as racist. I don't care if you like DeSantis. I don't care if you don't like DeSantis. He has done a, a wonderful job in the state of, uh, of Florida. Let's be real about that. He's done a fantastic job when it comes to COVID. He has a, a, a really good, great legislative record. You can't deny that. And at the end of the day, it doesn't matter if you agree with me or not. At the end of the day, you can't call someone racist just because you don't like them. Mm -hmm. And people, like you said, the radical right. Mm-hmm. The radical right, right. these 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 uh, uh, these worshippers, they, they they drink Trump's bathwater, right? <laughs> and they can't just think of things objectively. We can't have honest discussions yeah. because they're so emotional. I'm so sick of this political climate. I think we need to get back to common sense and decency and being reasonable and. Ha and Common sense is so uncommon, it should be classified as a daggone superpower. And at this point in time, I'm feeling pretty super, <laughs> especially in this room. Boy, I tell you. <laughs> That's crazy. That's outstanding, bro. I love that. <sighs> so what, I mean, what, one thing that I think a large majority of the support that went toward Trump and was levied in the beginning of his term was that he wasn't a politician. That right. he came from a different, right. different area. You got it. First off, do you like that? Second of all, is there, if you could, from these people have to be currently alive, currently mm -hmm. living, if you could hand select one person, mm -hmm. any person, to run 
as the Republican mm. president? I mean, anybody from anywhere. Do you have someone in mind that you would select? Um, wow, that's 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 a good one. I I think that um a couple of good candidates would be Thomas Sowell. Um, mm. I think he would be a fantastic, you know, uh, that's a good one. Uh, he he'd be great. I think he because he's he's economically sound. He's cool, calm, and collected. He's poised. I like seeing poised people. That was the, when it came to Trump, he wasn't a politician, right? Mm -hmm. We all understand that. And there was a certain allure to that, yeah. right? Um, but he's not and, poised. But he's not. That's what killed him in that first uh, um, uh, debate against Biden. Right, that oh, first man, that was rough. Golly, that's the worst thing I've ever. That's one big of, time. It's it's one of Trump's worst moments, and I mean, what? Biden's just filled. But you can't hold Biden and Trump to the same standard no, no. because Biden's just bad. <laughs> Trump has no excuse. There was no. That was. You know what I loved? My favorite meme ever was when they took they cut the screen in half. Mm -hmm. Top screen was the two of them debating. Sure. Bottom screen was that scene from Dumb and Dumber when they're in the car. He's like, "Hey, you want to hear the most annoying?" Yeah. Thing <laughs> like. That's, that's what it what felt it was. like. That's yeah. what it felt like. That's 100. That's what that that really was a turn off to many in America. And even us on the right, we were like, okay, that made us look bad. And then you had the radicals, oh, that's, I'm glad he did that. No, that's divisive. Not only is that divisive, that doesn't bring the country together. No. That makes him look like a whining baby, a, a screaming brat. You know what I'm saying? He had no control of himself, right? So, you know, when it comes to that type of situation, I didn't appreciate that. Um, but that's baked into the cake when it comes to Trump. If you're going to have a person who's going to be saying, okay, I'm not a politician. You got to understand he's not going to be political, right? Mm -hmm. He's not going to be poised like a politician. He's an, he's an entertainer. We have a place for that. But when it comes to the debate stage, we don't want that. Okay. Right. We need someone. That's why as much as I don't like Pence, Pence against Kamala, he ate her up because he was cool, calm, and collect. Yeah. He was just like, okay, I'm going to present you the facts and eat it. Mm -hmm. Right. So I'm a Thomas soul. Um, and I know this is going to be unpopular. <laughs> There's <laughs> a lot in this episode. That's yeah, be yeah, exactly. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Just talk this one up. I think Ben Shapiro would do a really great job because he too is very articulate. He talks a little too fast. He's, a, he's really articulate. He understands law. He understands. He's he's cool, calm, and collect, except for that one time on Pierce Morgan. Was it Pierce Morgan? That he's he's he's. No, no, it wasn't Pierce Morgan. It was someone Pierce, else. That was good. That yeah. one. That one it was, was Pierce, good when he gave him the Constitution. The, yeah, 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 yeah. The gun control thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that was yeah. a good one. He, but it was another one with the British guy, and he, which he he stormed off. Right. Mm -hmm. That was the only time I ever seen him lose lose control. Um, but he's very poised. He's very cool, calm, and collected. He's thoughtful in his responses, and he's very intelligent, and he knows how to articulate his stance. Mm -hmm. We need more people like that. We need more people who are going to be decisive when it comes to standing up for what's right, mm -hmm. right? Um, and he's a little war hawkish for me, but... A little. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah you know, just, you know... I mean, uh, he, he, he is a extremely red conservative i mean he, yes. he very much is he yes. is not he is not somebody i would consider to be a centrist or libertarian he is and he does not hide that side of not political leanings he goes I, this is what i am i come from a you know a jewish background yes. i am a i am a conservative jewish man that's yes. what i am and uh it's I, again i i that's fine mm -hmm. to me i i i've been a fan of shapiro for a very long time mm -hmm. i've of course had critiques of sure. him throughout that 
time, but uh, yeah, I, I agree. That's mm-hmm. a, that's a good one. Thomas Sowell, I like a lot more, and and mm-hmm. it also seems like even well, not even way more than Shapiro. Because Thomas Sowell is, I mean, he's an OG. He has had to go through, he went through the real racism. He went through some of the worst critiques, politically speaking. I can't even believe the things that were said to him. Like on an official panel, like by his, I'm like, this is crazy. How old is that guy now? He's in his 90s. Yeah. Yeah, he's in, and he's still, he's still kicking. And he's He's, still kicking it, yeah. He's still writing books. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That, yeah. Now that's a sharp individual. Have you ever listened to any of the teachings of Vody Bachman? You know who I'm talking about, don't that you? That is my guy. Okay. Oh, yes. I love Vody. That's a, <laughs> and I, I don't I mean that affectionately yes. in in the right sense. Okay. okay. <laughs> this is 2023. Hey. I got to be very specific. You know hey. what I'm saying? Brilliant. Oh goodness gracious! I, I watch his sermons all the time. Yeah. I mean, this guy. I mean, I had the the, the honor of uh, interviewing him. You know, for Did you ter- really? Yes, indeed. Oh wow! I I, I mean, and, and at that time, I mean, it's funny because at that time, I was just getting introduced to them, so I was just like, yeah, your buddy, buddy, he's pretty cool. You know what I'm saying? Started reading his book. You know, uh, yeah. Uh, Fault lines. It's a fantastic book. Is it good? I haven't read it. Fantastic. It, it perfectly describes CRT. Uh, this this critical theory in general. Okay. Right? Breaks it down brilliantly. Okay. Um. So I, I had a chance to interview him. I didn't really, but now if I had another chance, I probably wouldn't be able to do such a good job because I'll be just. <laughs> He's Hi, fan. <laughs> oh man, I think that guy is brilliant. Oh, he did. Um, I, I, I wanna, I wanna touch briefly on on CRT and and especially through because, uh, I like you had I was critical of critical race. Uh-huh. It, it seemed like the the obvious answer from a conservative or from a libertarian mm-hmm. was just to be like, hey, I this seems damaging more than anything sure. else. Sure. But I believe it was, okay, it was a critique of censoring mm-hmm. critical race theory. Mm-hmm. And it came from, oh goodness. I don't think it came from Shapiro. I'm trying to remember who it was. Mm-hmm. Peterson. It was Jordan ah, Peterson. Okay. Jordan Peterson had a critique of the censorship of critical race theory mm-hmm. saying if we are, and this is this would be a, a critique of the conservative right, because sure. obviously they are the ones wanting this out of school. Mm-hmm. And if you are taking the stance that DeSantis is, which is basically, uh-uh, we're getting this out, we're not having this, mm-hmm. you are essentially censoring the mind of the student mm-hmm. in the same way that the left is doing when they say mm-hmm. they don't want them hearing anything to do with, you know, the, the stuff that Shapiro is espousing mm-hmm. or any of those types of things. Sure. Do you disagree with that? Mm-hmm. In, in that, do you believe that critical race theory should be removed from all schools uh, across a, a nationwide? Mm-hmm. Should there be a national law saying this is not allowed, mm-hmm. or should it be allowed? And we basically trust our student body mm-hmm. to make their own decision on whether or not it's constructive or not. Um, I one hundred percent think it should be outlawed, banned, gone. You okay. know. Uh, when I go to college campuses, one of the things I do is I talk about critical race theory. That's that's, I love talking about it because it's it's people more people need to understand it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's one of those things. It, it creates a tribalistic and racist society uh, based on identity politics, right? And it promotes all the different things that are absolutely detrimental to a country, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember who was. Uh, the, the the name of the guy who says this quote escapes me, but he says there's a thought. That stops all thought. 
And that's a thought that ought to be stopped, right? So there are things that go against the very nature of what it is we're supposed to be about, right? And that's the one thing that needs to be stopped at, at, at the very base. That's the one thing. If there's going to be something that goes against what it is that we're supposed to do as a country, as a nation, sure. then that's the very thing that has to be stopped. And identity right? politics fits into this discussion. 100. Identity politics, intersectionality, um, you know, diversity, equity, and inclusion, mm -hmm. all of that is CRT. And it's very detrimental to the young minds because there's this uh, worksheet, as a matter of fact, and I, I, I encourage people to, to research this. Uh, by Doyen Richards, right? There's a guy by the name of Doyen Richards who did this presentation in Washington, D.C. I think it's in 2021. Mm -hmm. And it's this worksheet, and it, it talks about, it's an anti-racism anti fist book, right? Anti-racism fist book by mm -hmm. Doyen Richards. And the things espoused in, the, espoused in this thing is absolutely detrimental. Mm -hmm. And this is presented to uh, people K through third grade, okay? So they're starting young with this ideology teaching black and in this in this worksheet it says that black kids white kids have an invisible force field shielding them from all the different discrimination out there and that black black kids are oppressed a race life is like a race and white kids get to run this race freely black kids on the other hand they have a hundred pound weight tied to their feet and this thing is just laden with uh, imagery, laden with uh, ideologies like this, mm -hmm. saying that black people are oppressed, white people are are not oppressed. The, the victim, a victor, uh, a paradigm, the oppressor, oppressed paradigm is rife within this this worksheet. There's this also this um, individual by the name of Quentin Bostic, PhD. He's a content manager for the Teaching Lab. He he was caught on Project Veritas saying that if you, as long as you don't say the words critical race theory, you can technically teach it. And you see this happening. He, he, he disseminates and uh, uh, shares this material, teaching material mm -hmm. that these school districts pay for. And he sent it, even though he knew it was, it, it was illegal, he sent it to two different districts in, in Georgia. And this promotes, all CRT promotes is tribalism and racism. And you look at it, you look at the material, look at the different concepts that it promotes, uh, uh, that promotes the idea that systemic racism is alive and well. That's one of its central pillars, right? Mm -hmm. The four big pillars of CRT is systemic racism, uh, allyship. You have to be allies, create allies, get white people on your side to promote this divisive material because that's the only way you're able to achieve any type of meaningful uh, uh, progress is if you get white people on your side to do your agenda, right? Mm. You saw that during the civil rights movement. Sure. Um, the, the third pillar is relativism, that it's all about relativistic ways of thinking, my truth, I'm just living my truth. And you see this with, also with uh, critical gender theory. I'm just living my truth, transgenderism, all that type of thing. I'm just living my truth. Never mind objective truth. And as a matter of fact, CRT, at, uh, directly goes against direct uh, objective truth, mm -hmm. and it's all about promoting relativism. There is no objective truth. Nothing. There's because no. that means there's objectively something wrong. Boom. And there can't be there anything can't. wrong. Not when it comes to progressivism. No. Not when it comes. And the and the fourth <clears throat> pillar is is uh, storytelling, right? And the idea of I need to tell you. Listen to black people. Black people is, is based on the voice of color thesis, which stipulates that black people have a, uh, a certain advantage to telling you, to telling the world what's really going on. So you're supposed to listen to black people specifically, when, or, or minorities, I should say, minorities specifically, white people are supposed to adhere to that. So if that's the case, then that means my truth, due to my relativistic way of thinking, 
I'm going to story tell to you what's really going on, what the real truth is. Never mind this person wasn't actually racist. Never mind I was doing 95 in the 15 mile per hour zone. My truth is, and I'm going to story tell it to the world that this cop is racist, right? So do that. And based on systemic racism, I'm now going to create allies, right? And that's the central idea of CRT. And as a result, it's creating this tribalistic racist society in which white people are demonized, directly demonized by this. And anti-whiteness is a big fad right now. It's a big thing right now. And black people are ultimately oppressed and victimized. And like I said, repetition of telling this creates habits, which create behavior, which creates character, which creates culture. So this is what's directly destroying the United States of America from within. And it's, and it's going against the, the whole black community and keeping us from being able to rise. So I think that this is something so detrimental for this promotion of this idea that we need to be able to have this thing called CRT is so detrimental. And they try to disguise it as black history. It's not. Now, here is the critique of this. Sure. Yes, sir. There is an entire group of people, mm -hmm. thousands of people across the nation that yeah. look at this podcast we just said mm -hmm. and say, that is detrimental. Mm -hmm. That is hate speech. What they just did and what they are pushing out mm -hmm. is disgusting. We need to censor and get rid of it. Mm -hmm. We have a right to free speech in this country. Sure. And my favorite way of looking at that is the way that I don't, I think it might have been Jocko mm -hmm. said that. Free speech is not your free speech. It's sure. allowing people that mm -hmm. disagree with you to talk as well. Mm -hmm. Does critical race theory fall under that category or does it not? And if it doesn't, mm -hmm. what is the difference between this podcast and a critical race theory podcast between two people who vehemently believe mm -hmm. in the tenets of critical race theory and why should our podcast be allowed to air and mm -hmm. not theirs? Well, I look at it when it comes to the the, the idea of the United States of America. I always, I, I always want to go back to its founding. Um, there's a number of quotes from a, a number of different individuals from the founding of our nation, our founding fathers. Um, George Washington, uh, our first president, obviously, he said, what did he say? He said that uh, when it comes to the disposition and habits of our political prosperity, Morality and religion are indispensable supports. Mm. So he brought up the idea of morality, bringing up the idea of religion and how they're essential for political prosperity. Uh, John Adams, our second president, he said that the Constitution is made only for a moral and religious people and it is wholly inadequate to the government of any other. Why are we falling apart? Because we become more and more immoral and irreligious. The more we get away from morality, the more we get away from religion, the more we we contribute to our own downfall. Um, Andrew Jackson, our seventh president, said that upon this, th this book is the rock this book is the rock for which our republic rests. And this book, he was talking about the Bible, right? Um, all throughout our, our founding, we were a Christian nation founded by Christian precepts that were built on biblical precepts, right? That That's what the foundation of this country is. And even the atheists and those who didn't believe in God, the agnostics and whatnot, um, at our founding, they had at least understood the importance of religion because it, it keeps people's mor uh, uh, morals in check, right? So when I look at that, and I understand that the, mor the, the whole point of this country was to breed and to put forth morality and religion. Mor uh, morality comes from religion, right? Religion gives the sense of morality, gives you a code to adhere to, 
right? A, a strict moral code. And I'm not just talking about Christianity. I mean, you look at Buddhism, you know, Taoism, Confucianism, all the different, it's all about discipline. It's all about constraining oneself, uh, oneself, one's own passion and desires. So when you look at this and you look at something like critical race theory and it's inherently evil, it's promoting an ideology that is destructive. Those are the ideologies that should be placed. Those, those are the ideologies that should be struck down you know, with, with, with extreme prejudice because they bring about the downfall of a society, right? Now, I'm not saying that we should be a theocracy or anything like that, but we need to understand our moral obligation to that which is right. In critical race theory, teaching, actively teaching racism is not right by no stretch of the imagination. Mm -hmm. Again, mm -hmm. to play the devil's advocate sure. on that argument, you know, America founded on morals, founded on Christian values, sure. Founded with racism, mm -hmm. founded on slavery, built by slavery in large yep. part for many years. Yep. The harsh critique of that argument mm -hmm. would be that America's progressivism today, while it may be a different form of racism and critical mm -hmm. race theory may be promoting some kind of a, you know, undercover subjugation or divisiveness is still an improvement from the chains and <laughs> plantations that America's founding fathers implemented mm -hmm. when we started America. Okay. And I'm not exactly sure how to land this point. Oh, break but, it, break bread. It's okay. But yeah. it's but it but the argument against this would be that critical race theory mm -hmm. should have just as much free speech today mm -hmm. as any other. That, that that if you are in a college campus setting, mm -hmm. that while it may not be you are in college to hear different points of view, I, at least my understanding of it when I was there sure. was that I am there and I am I took religious classes studying, as you, you mentioned, Hinduism and, and mm -hmm. Muslim. I took a new religious movements courses. I studied cults. I studied mm -hmm. all kinds of different belief systems that I didn't have, yeah. that I didn't personally espouse to. Critical race theory, it seems as though it could fall into that kind of a category where, mm. you know, look, maybe it is detrimental if you actually adhere to it, mm. but so is a cult. If you were to be a member of, you know, the the, 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 the Jonestown sure. group when they were alive, yep. that would have been yep. very detrimental to your health. Oh, yeah. Just like critical race theory. Yeah. but. It was still taught. Mm -hmm. and, and if I were to go to college and I were to take a new religious movements courses and they were to teach us about cults and they were to teach us about the seventh day advocacy mm. and they're still alive, they're still going on. And I I'll took that class and I said, uh, mm. that makes a lot of sense to me. Mm -hmm. I actually think I might join. Yeah. That might actually be me. Mm -hmm. Does that now mean that that new religious movements course, that cults, class needs to be removed and banned on a nationwide uh, you know agenda oh nationwide i see i don't know about nationwide i don't know about nationwide i, I think that um I, so I, I guess i i misunderstood that i i'm not talking about i don't think things should be based or should be banned nationwide like legislatively right okay. when i'm talking about a, a banning i'm so I, i'm i'm saying that the citizenry that's the whole point of what John Adams and, and, and George Washington and all of them are saying is that at, based on the morality of the citizenry, we are supposed to reject this wholly, mm -hmm. 100%. And that's what I really, that, that's why as a result, we have fallen so far as a society because as a society, as a culture, we have allowed so much to go by, uh, by the wayside. Mm -hmm. That's one issue that I, I really take up is that 
when it comes to this type of situation, we, the people, are supposed to be a moral and religious people. But again, John Adams, the Constitution is made only for a moral and religious people and it is wholly inadequate to the government of any other so as a moral religious people we are to stand for the constitution and we're supposed to stand for what's right and and what's moral so the very fact that we as a people have failed this so spectacularly mm -hmm. goes to show that we are are doomed to fail right so i think as a people we have to outlaw and ban this i'm not saying that necessarily uh create a law but you do understand that is what, I mean, DeSantis is doing that. Right. DeSantis in Florida has banned, right. to my understanding, critical race theory mm -hmm. is not allowed in Florida universities. Mm -hmm. Or at least he's trying to do that. Right. So right. you have this... And again, this is an area where I, as a libertarian, mm. fall in the middle. I see critical race theory the same way I would see a class on dangerous re religious cults, or just let's just call it new religious movements, but because that's what mine was called. I think there needs to be a distinction between post-secondary education and education that's funded by taxpayers. Agreed. For, Agreed. for children that are coming up through the public school system. Mm. That's not the same as post-secondary education, where you get to choose what school you go to whether it be a christian school whether it be whatever religious school that you go to or if the taxpayer is paying for that and this is being thrust upon the citizenry or yeah i i, I have a I, I agree with that because excuse me i agree with that because when it comes to this situation you're looking at higher education you know crt is all through the colleges and universities mm -hmm. I'm not saying that they should be legislated out of these colleges and universities. I'm trying to warn people like this is terrible, right? This is this is horrible. Y'all shouldn't engage in this sort of thing. And whenever it crops up, you need to strike it down. So when it comes to lower education, these people are made to go through this. And same thing with gender theory. And, and, and we're talking junior high and high yeah, school. Elementary. Okay. Mm, so elementary, junior high and high school. Mm. And, I, and okay, because we're really getting into the weeds of it here. Mm. That actually makes a lot more sense to me because, A, you are not a fully formed human brain. You are a junior high student. You are a high school student. You're an idiot. And if you are forced... As was I. As was I. <laughs> as was everybody. Me. <laughs> if you are forced to take these classes mm -hmm. and you are forced to pass them, that is the other thing. In college, you you, you don't like the material? You don't take class. Yeah. Switch. Yeah. Drop Absolutely. the class. You don't like it. Yeah. I don't like this. This doesn't feel right to me. Gone. You can still graduate. Right. You can switch your class. You can't do that in high school. You can't do that in junior high. You don't have any freedom whatsoever. Right. Okay. So then on this, we definitely agree. Mm -hmm. In a lower, what did you call it, Jake? I, I haven't heard that you said post. Uh, uh, well, post-secondary education would be like college. College. Before that. So masters. public school, K through 12. I understand. So I, I, on this, we agree. Public mm -hmm. school, K through 12. You're right. I do believe just like it would be, I believe, perhaps wrong to teach a new religious movements class to right. a group of junior hires. It is equally as wrong to teach Absolutely. critical race theory at that age as well. And I feel the same way about, you know, teaching uh, Christianity, right? When it comes to public school, you know, uh, I think public school is just screwed up in general. So I'm a big advocate for homeschooling, mm -hmm. but when it comes to public school education, I want, we are supposed to be teaching reading, writing, arithmetic, you know, Reading, writing, arithmetic. Yeah. That's what we're supposed to be teaching. But we got into teaching uh, sexuality, teaching uh, uh, anal sex, and 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 uh, uh, 
you know, grotesque ideologies of, of sexual depravity, yeah. you know, transgenderism, all these different things. And that I don't think, and I, again, I think as a society, we have allowed this and we need to, if we want to get our morals back, right? If, again, when it comes to a constitution, moral religious people, we, the people need to stand up and say, you know what? This is not right. That's why I love what's going on right now because we, the people are going up against these school boards and saying, if you're forcing this down my kid's throat, that's not okay, right? You shouldn't be able to teach this to my daggone children, right? So you want, if you don't want Christianity in school, right. fine. Okay, that means that Christianity and Satan is out of school. Satanism is out of school. Sure. Okay. So that means uh, uh, no more sexual this, no more indoctrination that. Teach reading, writing, arithmetic. And as a society, we're standing up. Mama bears, papa bears are standing up when it comes to their children. And we're saying as a society, we as a culture, we're no longer allowing this to take, point, uh, take part in our institutions. We are standing for our children. And I think that we need to do that as a society. I think it... The very fact that it's coming to legislation shows that we failed as a society. We shouldn't make legislation when it comes to this. We should, as a society, say, you know what? We are going to do better as a society. We are going to be moral as a people. We are going to stand for our families. We're going to stand for our communities. We're going to stand for what's right. And I think we need to do that, but we're not doing it. And as a result, now we have the situation where... You know, it's 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 widespread and it's yeah. ridiculous. We we failed as a, as a society. We did, but at <clears> the <throat> same time, I think it's very important and it's very incumbent on uh, really just the adults, not even the parents, at the adults of society. One hundred percent to stay to to avoid pessimism, and that's unfortunate too because that's a default that even I think the best of us fall victim oh, to sometimes, where you're just like. Sometimes something rolls up, you see it, it's so negative, it's so, you're just like, I can't believe we're here. I can't mm, believe mm, we mm, even have to talk about mm. this. And you know what? Oh, that, forget it. I'm leaving. I'm going to, a, I can't take this anymore. Yeah, that's yeah. not, that's not the answer. If you do that, they win. And that's, and that's not it either. We have to stay positive and we have to stay in it. It's the responsibility of the adults to stop letting the children run their own stuff Thank you and i include the adults that think that way too in that child category 100 percent. we need to do better as a society we need to do better as a people to say that these type of things I mean, first of all a kid can't decide anything all right that's why we're parents we're parents to be able to be here for the kids and say hey that's dumb okay you're not doing that hey you shouldn't change your sex quote unquote yeah can't change <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> no, you can't change this about you. It doesn't matter what you lop off. It doesn't matter what kind of uh, cross-sex hormones you put yourself on. This is not okay. I used to think, I, I mean, I'm talking about me personally. I used to think I was a Ninja Turtle, okay? I thought I was freaking Donatello. Love the freaking Ninja Turtles, man. I used to walk around with the broomstick and the bow and all this type of stuff. Yeah. I used to put, I had the whole costume. I tried to I can put see it on. That. I tell you, it was freaking fantastic. But as a Ninja Turtle, you have one, two, three fingers. Guess what I wanted to do? Remove these fingers. Uh -huh. My mother said, Stephen, you are not a Ninja Turtle. You are not a, a, a you're not a, you're not a, some type of uh, a reptile. You are a human being. You are my son and you will act as such. And as a parent, she guided me down a path and told me, hey, I'm going to take these things away from you because obviously it's destroying your mind. And that's what we need to be doing as parents right now. We need to stop saying, you know what? Well, 
we we all understand that the parents are doing it for themselves because they want to be a part of this cult called the LGBTQ community. I'm gonna get in trouble. I don't give a dad gonna care. They want to be a part. They want to be lifted up on this pedestal and say, "Hey, look at me, virtue signaler. I am the premier person to adhere to. I am bowing down to the cult of LGBTQism." All right, and that's what these parents are doing. I want accolades, so I'm gonna use my child and I'm gonna sacrifice my child's well-being on a sacrifice on, on, on the altar of LGBTQ because I want the accolades, right? And they do this to their daggone children. That's what these parents are doing. You're supposed to guide your children, not manipulate your children for gain. These children are your kids. You're not supposed to be so not supposed to be so narcissistic to say that I'm going to take my I want to be better as a person. I want to be recognized, so I'm going to sacrifice you, little Johnny. I'm going to sacrifice you, little Susie. Uh, so just for my own self benefit, it is absolutely disgusting. We have to do better as a society. Yes. We are terrible. We are absolutely terrible. Yes. Yeah. And when it comes to kids, that's really where a lot of times topics like this get everybody off the bench mm. it, it, it because as an adult as a grown adult if another grown adult wants to do something to themselves in that category mm. uh, you know again live and let live libertarianism comes out of me but as soon <laughs> as you start going beneath the age of consent going mm. into the realm of kids talking about drugs talking i mean all that stuff now all of a sudden you're gonna get even the, you're gonna get even the liberal-minded people mm. that were the live and let lives they're gonna have something to say all of a sudden right because that is not a developed, fully thinking human being. Right. You are supposed to be their compass for the next 18 years, man. That's kind of what you signed up for when you made them. Yes. This is yes. the this is the deal you had. Now, whether or not you like it or not, that's the way that it is. Your kid is not supposed to be making decisions on anything. Not at all. And it <laughs> it seems like it, not even just this. I mean, anything you take, uh, 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 you, you know, <laughs> who's sick and tired of seeing Greta Thunberg go up there and tell us about what we can't get? <laughs> Did you ever see the uh, comedy bit? Wait, who was it? It wasn't Ricky Gervais. Who's the Australian guy? Who's the Australian comedian who did the bit about Greta Thunberg? Jim Jeffries. Jim Jeffries. Oh, she's like, oh, I should be in school. <laughs> <laughs> you should be. Goodness. Yeah. yeah. Or maybe you should get out of there if this is what you're teaching you, daggone it. Lord have mercy. <laughs> I, I'm going to say something. I'm, I'm going to say a little something, uh, just to push back a little bit on something, because um, I'm more conservative-minded, right? Um, so my philosophy is, um, when it comes to the live and let live, I can't let you live and just live because at the end of the day, you're going to influence others. Uh, what's this guy's name? Uh, Ro uh, Roger Kimball, Roger Kimball. I do believe his name is. He said that, uh, no one destroys just himself alone, that whoever destroys himself destroys to some extent others as well. So when it comes to the actions of others, I want a holistic society. I want a, a functioning society who's all about morals. Again, going back to moral, morals and religion. Sure. I want people to look and act and, and uh, uh, conduct themselves in a way that's going to be beneficial to society. That's what they used to do at our, at our nation's founding. These people thought about the whole of society and didn't want to do anything that was terrible because they knew that other people were watching. That's the, the the mentality I wish that we would get other people to understand is that other people are watching. It's not just you. It's not just yourself. You are going to destroy someone else. And if we don't speak out, right, if we don't say, hey, you're walking around town looking like uh, uh, you're, you're a man, but you're dressed as a woman. You're dressed as a caricature of a woman. You need to stop that. Right. We need to institute shame once more because there's a there's a logical component to shame in which you say, you know what, this is not OK of me to do. 
I shouldn't do this. And I really feel bad because of it. I feel terrible because I'm doing this thing that's antithetical to nature. I'm doing something that's antithetical to the truth. I'm doing something that's denigrating the women. I need to stop. Let me self-reflect, right? That's what shame does, right? So when we rebuke someone and they feel shame, that's a good thing. We want people to feel shame. I feel shame when I do something that's terrible to my wife. I feel shame when I uh, disappoint her because I know better than to do the thing that I did, but I did it anyways. And now as, re as a result, I feel shame. Mm. And now I ask for her forgiveness for what that which I did that shouldn't have been done, right? And that's what we need society to understand is that we need to rebuke you, right? The Bible talks about correct rebuke and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. We need to be able to rebuke people and people accept that rebuke and say, you know what, that was wrong of me to do. And that's what I want a society to do, to hold each other accountable and says, hey, I'm not gonna let you do this. I'm not gonna let you walk around town like that because my children are watching. They think it's okay for you, even though you're clearly a man to walk into the women's restroom and my daughter is gonna watch and walk into the women's restroom and they see you and they think it's okay for men to do this, right? So you're destroying not only yourself, but you're destroying society. My thing is, I want people to hold each other accountable, get back to morality, get back to doing the right thing. And I think that is what will reverse the, the effect that we're in, reverse the course that we're on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, a very, it's a very important critique to be made of what you've just said, mm -hmm. which is because it seems like a lot of times, I mean, we've talked a lot about faith. We've talked a lot about yeah, morality. Yeah. Everything that you are presenting is mm -hmm. from a Christian background, yes, I sir. presume. This mm -hmm. is your belief system. That is what you believe. Yes, sir. And it's important for people to realize because the big critique of what you're saying is that people believe Christians are, you know, critical. Christians mm -hmm. are hateful. Christians are racist. Christians are sexist. This is what people believe. Mm -hmm. Now, here is the difference. When Christ came, Christ came to the sinner. He came mm -hmm. to the prostitute, the tax collector, the, the deviants. These mm -hmm. are the people that Christ came to. And when you're talking about rebuke, mm -hmm. we need to rebuke you. We need to talk to these people sure. who are acting a certain way. Sure. It has to be done with the same love that Christ did when he came. Agreed. And this is, this is, this is where I think, because there, again, there are crazies on both sides. There mm -hmm. are people who will listen to what you're saying mm -hmm. and say, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to rebuke. I'm going to go find this person. I'm going to get right in their face. Mm -hmm. I'm going to scream at him in public. I'm going to, that <laughs> it needs to be said. Yeah. And I think you definitely agree with this, that this type of a quote unquote rebuke mm -hmm. must mimic the way Christ did it mm -hmm. in the Bible as a Christian. I assume that is the way that you would agree with that statement. Yeah. For, I mean, for the most part, what, the way you're supposed to go about this is how the Christ example is the ultimate example that we, we need to follow as people. Right. Um, but we also have to remember that Christ did uh, take a whip of cords and whip people out of a, uh, and rebuke, <laughs> rebuke them as he whipped them out of the, the, the temple when they were setting up the money changers and things of that nature. Yes. So there is a, there is a, a, a moment where there is righteous indignation in which we say to people, you know what, you have done something that is absolutely abhorrent to the will of God. Now I'm still going to come with the correct rebuke and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. I'm going to make sure that I do that, but there are going to be times which in, in which righteous, righteous indignation is a, a I won't even just say okay, but appropriate. Yes. Especially when it necessary. comes to... Yeah, yeah necessary, necessary. Necessary. Because there are some people who are just hell-bent on being evil and, and, and destroying our children. Mm -hmm. When it comes to such people, 
I don't think they should receive any quarter in, in any of my niceness or any, not even niceness. I don't want to say niceness because Jesus was not about being nice. He was about being kind and being loving. And in love, there's, there's tough love, mm -hmm. right? In which I'm going to rebuke you. And I'm going to say, you need to get right and you need to do better. And you know better than to do this. And you are, you're doing this to our children and you are tearing them down and da, 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 da. Oh, and he was hated for it. it, I mean, it think absolutely. About it. He was the most hated person in that time period. You, when they dragged him in front of Pilate and they, they wanted him crucified, they wanted him Boom. killed. They hated him. Boom. Hated him for what he said and Come did. On. Yeah. So we are, and, and the, the, the full scope of the verse is because it's my favorite set of verses is, uh, Preach the word, be prepared in season and out of season, correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. For the time will come when people will not put up a sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn away from the truth and turn aside to myths. But you keep your head in all situations endure hardship do the work of an evangelist discharge all the duties of your ministry and it is incumbent on me to endure the hardship i know i'm going to get pushed back because i'm standing on truth and truth is offensive to those who are scared of it to those who don't like it to those who it hurts right it's gonna truth is supposed to convict right so if if we're working out right and I'm lifting and I'm doing a turtle shell when I'm doing a deadlift. You know what I'm saying? I got a hump on my back and I'm shaking my rump. You know what I'm saying? I'm trying to tell you. And I got a, a, a bad form. It's incumbent on you to rebuke me and say, or rebuke, correct, rebuke and encourage, right? So it's incumbent on you to correct me, to rebuke me if I keep doing it again and encourage me to keep doing the right thing, right? right? So that's incumbent on you to do when it comes to something as basic as, as weightlifting. So when it comes to the grand scheme of things and morality and someone's doing something that's terrible, I'm going to correct, rebuke, and encourage. But not only that, I expect to have to deal with your, deal with your ire. And I, I am told by the Bible to endure hardship. I'm going to endure hardship. I'm going to have to listen to you. I'm going to have to be canceled. I'm going to have to be shadow banned. I'm, you know what I'm saying? I'm going to have all these things happen to me because I'm going against the prevailing notions of what culture is, is deeming appropriate. But that's what we're called to do. That's right, brother. Amen to that. If people want to see your stuff, if they want to follow you, if they want to get you, even if you are shadow banned, where do they, where do they go? <laughs> where do they look? Support my shadow bandness. That's right. <laughs> or my shadow band page, I should say. Uh, go, <laughs> go to Stephen Davis, 1776 on Instagram. That's Stephen with a PH. Yes, the real one. Yes, indeed. I'm trying to tell you, I'm not one of those Vs. Those are disgusting people. That is not me. So I'm Stephen Davis, 1776 on Instagram. And on Twitter, I am Stephen D1776 as well. Awesome, bro. Thank you so much for coming on. That was a lot of fun. Thank you for having me. I appreciate you. Awesome. Thank you guys so much for watching that episode of Becoming the 1% Podcast. If you like the content and you want to see more of it, hit the like and subscribe. Activate that notification bell as well. We really appreciate it. If you guys want to see more of it, we actually have the Becoming the 1% Instagram and the podcast is available on Spotify. For our socials, we have Strict Vision Athletics on Instagram. We have it on YouTube and we have it on TikTok.